Have you guys ever heard of the banana code? Um, I'm no. Say no. I got this one from the Urban Dictionary this week. The banana code is 4011. It's a product lookup code at the supermarket. And so if you're bringing something through the self-service checkout and you can't get it to go through, just type in 4011 and whatever it is that you're buying, bananas. <laughs> and so the fun little what if scenario is at Walmart using self-service checkout machine, dude number one, damn, this beef jerky is pricey. Dude number two, just banana code it. Dude number one, huh? Dude number two, give it here. Frustrated, grabs beef jerky, places it on the scanner, clicks produce, types 4011, then throws it in the bag. What? You've honestly never banana coded? Were you born yesterday? So my jerky's only 33 cents? Yeah, let's go now. <laughs> 4011, the banana code. podcast. I am your host, Danny Paul. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Joining me in the Bob Media Studios is the Baron of Bourbon, the Kaiser of Cali, the Liege Lord of Loathe. The uncovered ladies and gentlemen. Danny, happy Thursday. How you doing, Leon? Happy Thursday. We have Another vice host in the Bob Media Studios with us. That's right. He's the Pharaoh of Finance, the Bag of the Bay, the Sultan of the Soccer. Mr. Jones joins us. Oh, yes! Gentlemen, it's my favorite day of the week. My favorite day, Thursday. You got to be coming dangerously close to go day, right? Ooh, 27. Oh, that's really? Next week? We're out 27. I get the, I get the fur baby on the 27th. <laughs> There you go. That must be the day to add to the family. Oh, it's exciting. Balls in your Definitely court, you got to cut down on the brown a little bit. You, know, oh, you get, yeah. to get into that zone within like a few weeks and you're like, yeah, yeah. got to slow out. down on the brown at night. All right. So we won't I was expect so you excited next week. When I, yeah, I, yeah. You never know if you're going to pop out. I remember thinking when uh, my daughter was right about being here, I was like, I was like training like I was Grand Theft Auto. Like this is the one time <laughs> you're allowed to floor it on any freeway, highway. Like you're not going to get in trouble. Like a cop pulls you over, you point at your sweaty wife and go, we have an emergency. You get out of it. That's the one time. That's it. Yeah. True. Guys, follow us to the, follow us to the hospital. <laughs> and you know, they say, well, I don't know about Danny, but number two comes on a lot quicker than number one. So get to drive extra fast. It. Uh, yeah, it did. I'd say so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like the reverse of what shitting is for me now. Like I used to be <laughs> on and off in like seconds. Now it's like 30 minutes later, try to stand up and my legs are asleep and I fall down again. Does it like stay open? Do you ever run into one of these? <laughs> we get the echo. Ooh, that's that's going to itch when it dries. That's a good one. That's a good one. That one's going to need a wipe. You think, well, you, we're getting to that age where you just can't trust a fart. You know, you just kind of... <laughs> Getting in bubbles I've been there and for you, years. And you turn on yourself and you say, Bruh. <laughs> What is your brown tonight, boys? It's not that brown. What? I'm I'm playing uh the Ginny June. Ginny! That's right. Oh, look at you. Because it is Ginny! 
Gin and June. So we talked about the aviation gin oh, last week. Oh, you got the aviation. I'm doing the aviation gin. And I also, because I don't drink gin straight, uh, I'm using the Betty Buzz tonic water. Ooh. Mm, that comes straight from the one. horse's mouth, right? Yeah. I don't know. It's got an airplane on it. So I went for it. Well done, sir. Well done, sir. How about you, Jay? What are you rocking? Uh, you celebrating Jenny June? No, I, I didn't get the memo and they missed last week when they were talking Ooh. about it. But um, I'm doing the uh, the Burrell Seagrass, which Ooh. is a, uh, Fosses, Fosses a rye finished in a rum barrel and apricot. Yeah, it's really good. So it's a nice Costco a- special, I believe. Apricot? Mm-hmm. Sounds That's sweet. Like apricot brandy. Hmm. Well done. It's good, though. Well, Jamie, what I, are you drinking? I am also celebrating Jenny June. Jenny! I got myself some beef eater gin with, uh, with some tonic and I threw a little grenadine in. So I'm going to call it the Shirley Jimple. <laughs> <laughs> did we talk, did we talk about the new popular drink on golf courses, at least in Southern California? I can't even remember. No, you know, I black out speak on the show. So by the end, I don't remember what we talked about. The everyone's had the bloody Mary, right? Yeah. I don't like, like bloody staple. Marys. Yeah. But now everyone around here has been drinking Bloody Maria's, which is they replace the vodka with tequila. Go on. Mm-hmm. It's that's it. End of story. That's what they're drinking now. That's, that's I know it was riveting, <laughs> but uh, I it's actually a lot better because the tequila seems to have it. It goes it goes to battle with the tomato juice a lot better than the vodka does to me. So yeah, it sounds like a michelada. Yeah, it's really good. Bloody Maria. All right. You know what? I'm excited. <laughs> now that we're done talking about red, let's talk about brown. That's right. Now that we're done talking about brown, let's talk about brown. How you doing? Whiskey and whiskey. This is the darkest brown you got. Yeah. Say, Holmes, uh, where they hiding the scotch? What about um brown? That's code for bourbon. Great stuff, this bourbon. Comes from a land called Kentucky. Talk about brown. There's a special rung in hell reserved for people who waste good scotch. Scotch. Oh, yes, I, I think so. Can I have one more of these with some booze in it, please? Nice Talk About Brown comes to us from thehill.com under a section that they refer to as Changing America. And it's on brand. Hungover? Avoid your cravings. Try these foods and drinks instead. We are recording on June the 22nd. And hopefully I'm going to get this one out before 4th of July. So if you're listening to this before 4th of July and you indulge in our nation's birthday... Maybe this will help you out the morning after. I'm already so, irritated by the title. So really, why are you irritated by the title? I just think that there's so many, so many times when people try to take away the things that you love most and saying that they're not good for you. And I feel like that's where we're going. I might be totally wrong. You're supposed to eat all that stuff while you're drinking mm. because the next morning is when you pay the bill. But of course, they the give you the ubiquitous disclaimer here. So while there isn't a straightforward cure for a hangover, there are a number of things you can do as you drink and after that can help ease the hangover. All right. So a rowdy night out or a pregame tailgate is usually fine on games until the unfortunate but seemingly inevitable hangover catches up to you. When it does, it may be tempting to seek out a greasy breakfast sandwich from your favorite fast food joint or opt for the hair of the dog. A hangover doesn't necessarily mean the same thing to everyone, but it generally includes one or more symptoms experienced after drinking too much alcohol. These symptoms often include headaches, fatigue, nausea, stomach pain, thirst, muscle aches, vertigo, weakness, irritability, and sensitivity to light and sound. The National Institute of Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism explains. So... Why do I feel unwell after a night of drinking? Well, personally, I don't. But for those of you that do, maybe here's what's going on. Partially because alcohol is a diuretic. 
Simply put, drinking alcohol is going to send you to the bathroom because of alcohol's mm-hmm. ability to dehydrate, it drives us to want to drink more, exacerbating the cycle. Alcohol also slows down our intestines and stomach and irritates the intestinal lining, which can make you feel sluggish. If you don't have anything to eat while you're drinking, your blood sugar may be lowered, adding to the already sluggish state you're likely to feel. Now, who hasn't had a couple, two, three drinks and then gone to get something to eat? How your body feels after about a drinking can impact what you crave for breakfast the next day. Whether it's a sausage, egg and cheese and a griddle, a Pop-Tart, leftover pizza, it's important to acknowledge the signals your body is sending. They might be a warning about low blood sugar, for example. Without food, our bodies aren't able to refill our blood sugar stores, which can lead to low energy. So let's get to this cure in quotes. Water, absolutely critical. Apparently there's a name for this. When you're drinking water in between drinks, did you guys know what this is? It's called taffering. No, but I try to do that. You know, what's your rate? Is it one bottle of water? So drinking water between your alcoholic beverages. Yeah, I would say it's a glass of water between drinks. They call that taffering. Mm. And they attribute it to uh, Bar Rescue's John Taffer or sports drink. It's got electrolytes. Mm. Likely won't cause an upset stomach like coffee would. If you're ready to eat, reach for foods that may be easier in your stomach. This could include fruit and ginger or the brat diet. Do you guys know what the brat diet is? It's, uh, that's when you get the mud butt. You, know, you, eat, you eat the brat. <laughs> you don't want the mud butt. Continue. You eat a whole lot of sausage. <laughs> it's uh, bread, rice, applesauce, and something. I don't know. <laughs> I could play this game too. Bananas, <laughs> rice, applesauce, and toast. Oh, toast. I knew bread was Basically in there somewhere. The Just simplest, simplest things. And I was What's the banana code? A, banana code's 4011. Okay. I was looking for the uh, idiocracy quote, but I can't find it. It's got electrolytes. <laughs> uh, here's a weird one. Another worthwhile snack to try, salmon. We can what? deplete our supply of B vitamins while drinking. Salmon is high in B6 and B12, which can help reduce inflammation caused by alcohol. Many of the products claiming to prevent hangovers also contain vitamin B. But hmm. it's important to note they aren't regulated by the FDA. Duh. Ultimately, if you're going to drink and want to avoid a hangover, you may want to pay attention to your body. Drink plenty of water, eat food easy on your stomach, and opt for a sports drink over coffee or hair of the dog. Hair of the dog was something we did in college and like real, real drinkers do hair of the dog. But the article concludes generally being responsible, pacing it out, making sure you eat with it will make the night a little bit easier for you. You guys have any home remedies that you've heard of? Like do a shot of orange juice before you go to sleep? What's your your good This this article to me is basically it's just what we've heard over and over in common sense. Yep. Now we need to get into what what's real. Have you ever tried those little shots they sell sometimes at the gas gas station? They look like five hour energies. Yeah, but they're you're talking about yeah the, the hangover uh, pill, right? It's mostly hangover, mostly B vitamins, ginger, yeah, and B vitamins. Like something for hangxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those those seem to work, um, but I I think the the only cure I can think of is the hair of the dog. Crack and go. Crack and go. That's what, that's why. Or, or in the shower, shower, three beers in. and finish them before you get out. Period. Three beers in the shower. Oh, three I beers know. in the shower. That's a good one. Shower beer. <laughs> My mother always swore by take a shot of orange juice right before you go to bed. Hmm. Just hmm. hit it, quit it. Don't Bob always wrong. takes Advil right before bed. He that that swears by it. You can I, I think drugs. Advil works as well as just to be honest, guzzle a ton of water right before you go to sleep. You may have to piss in the middle of the night, but still, that's or Advil water. Have that water ready to go because one of my other entries from the Urban Dictionary is night water. Everyone oh, yeah. knows what night water is. That's the middle I, of the night. Doesn't matter what it is. Oh, it's the best. Yeah, I have to go to bed with a giant glass mm-hmm. of water by my bed. Every I get up several times a night and drink water. Mm-hmm. Get up and drink that sweet, sweet 
night water. There's two things that really bother me when, when it comes to getting out of bed in the middle of the night. One is if I run out of water and two, do I really have to pee that bad? <laughs> like, have you, you ever had that? You always do. You always that do. negotiation in your head. You're like, mm, what do you think? Can I, I get just, another hour in before I have over. to get up? What if I just rolled over and then my body forgets? Yeah. yeah. As we've gotten older, it's gotten worse. Like it's, it's now like so consistent. It's like, is it four? Is it five? Is it six? Now you're debating with yourself when you want to get out. But like, I swear to God, for the last few years, it's always at night. You have to get up at least once. Oh yeah. Got to do it. And, it. and if you had a really deep REM cycle and, uh, and you're still, you're, you're standing at attention, that's the worst. You're like, I got to pee, but I'm not on this in my face. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's a dude problem. You gotta do a handstand and take a piss. Thought about putting a urinal in my bedroom just for that reason. Wipe the shower. No. <laughs> just open the door and go in the shower. <laughs> Who's gonna know? Everyone in America, all 26 pops. Well, I mean, if you have a no, tub no, shower, no, it'll be really, really loud. Just basically opening the shower, door, just, just letting you know, it go. Play that tank game where if you fire it at the right angle, it hits the drain. <laughs> Fucking problem solved. I, I know where I'm not going to go next time I visit your house. I, uh, I have all of life's <laughs> mysteries mapped out. This is one of them. You know, I'm going to jump oh, in your either pool that or, Either that or just sit in the toilet and try not to pee under the seat, oh, over the bowl, and under the floor. That's always fun. Oh, yeah. That's that's not a... <laughs> we have derailed. What was the story yeah. about? Gave what was this about again? <laughs> visual on that one. All right. Our story... Talking about sleeping? <laughs> A hangover generally includes one or more symptoms experienced after drinking too much alcohol, including headaches, fatigue, nausea, stomach pain, thirst, muscle aches, vertigo, weakness, irritability, and sensitivity to light and sound. Alcohol is dehydrating, slows down our intestines and stomach, and irritates the intestinal lining. And many people crave greasy and sugary foods after drinking, which may not be the best for us. Stick with the brat, people. Bread, rice, applesauce no bananas rice applesauce <laughs> and toast free birds burrito and free birds burrito 4011 at four o'clock in the morning that I'm talking about brown let's mm, get to our top story news team assemble let's get down let's get down to business and I got news for you. Tonight's top story comes to us from Windows. Yes, the company out of Redmond, Washington. This is an interesting one to me because I've got a little bit of Mac envy. Not too much, just a little bit. Those of you that have iMacs or uh, MacBooks, you know that you can access iMessage from your computer and you can have conversations back and forth through iMessage on your computer as if it was your iPad or your iPhone. Duh. Well, for those of us that have been locked out and don't have or don't choose to use Apple computers, while we may use Apple phones, now has this little application called PhoneLink, which I believe was introduced in Windows 8. Now on Windows 11, you can connect PhoneLink to your iPhone and you basically get the same service. You can now Windows text to 11. and email <laughs> your contacts in your phone from your computer. So you're no longer doing the the angry girl at a party lightning thumbs. I'm super excited. Are, do you type faster on a keyboard or your phone keyboard? No, I downloaded the, the Gboard. So all I have to do is swipe the word. Oh, so I, I just thought I would do that any faster. Word. You get some interesting uh, autocorrects. Yeah. yeah. I feel like uh, this is just kind of reverting. It's like mobile phones used to be giant Zach, Zach Morris phones. Is that what we used to call them? Yeah, go for it. Morrison? Yeah. Zach Morris. Yeah, Zach Morris. Um, and then phones got smaller 
and smaller and smaller until they were like tiny, teeny, tiny. And one of the best SNL sketches ever <laughs> is when Will Ferrell rolls in and brings out his little tiny folding phone. And then phones started blowing up, blowing up, blowing up, getting bigger. We wanted the new iPhone that was the bigger iPhone. And then we went back to flip phones. And now we're texting on our computer. Like we are going full backwards. The pendulum has swung. (laughs) No, this is actually from the Windows. You ever use an electronic pigeon? Dude, you 3D printed the save icon. That's right, I did. (laughs) Today, we're excited to announce the Microsoft phone link for iOS on Windows 11 is beginning to roll out to our global audience in 39 languages across 85 markets. Uh, We know that being able to effortlessly connect to friends and family during important times is critical, so we've taken a conservative approach to launching this update. To ensure the highest quality experience for our users, we asked our Windows insiders to engage and provide feedback during the preview phase. Phone link, which is the application on your Windows 11, computer removes barriers between a windows 11 pc and your mobile device now to be fair it's not specific to Apple. it's any mobile device so it also does it with android as well as ios but what's different is it actually allows you to send messages so they will appear as sms regular text messages which i believe is the green bubble the 'er ne'er-do-well of the iphone ecosystem not the nice clean blue bubble (laughs) nevertheless keyboard will do it rather than phone And with the ability now to make the PC iOS phone connection, we hope our Windows 11 customers will never have to worry about missing an important phone call or text while focusing on their computer. Once enabled by Windows 11, phone link for iOS will offer basic iOS support for calls, messages, and access to contacts. This means if your phone is tucked away during a presentation or focus time, you'll receive notifications on your Windows PC and can choose which action to take all on your Windows 11 PC. Need access to your iPhone photos? iCloud integration works. And the rest of the article is instructions for how to link your phone. Now, something that may be only geek interesting to me, but I hooked it up and I tried it and it works. And I'm excited because when I use a MacBook at the office, it was very nice to connect over to iMessages and actually type in and have conversations over iMessage without having to worry about holding your phone. Am I alone? I think your excitement is alone in this in this room. <laughs> uh, cool, I guess. I don't see it as that. I don't use, I, I'm an Apple guy. I have Apple, everything. I don't use that feature, but maybe I just use my phone too much. Mr. Jay, Jones. Jay, am I alone? I just think it's another tether and it's another leash. And I get enough interruptions throughout the day. I don't, I, I like the fact is my phone sits, it sits on my desk and it sits far away. I don't want to be notified with text messages. I do not. Like if I'm, if I'm in the middle of something, just leave it over there and I'll get to it later when I can get a break. I think being interrupted is one of the biggest problems we have is that there's too many distractions and this gives a, a window into that. And frankly, I don't need more distractions. All right. So what, what you're saying is the price is wrong. I, Very well. Very well. Uh, I will accept my defeat. <laughs> I, th- I think that this was a jab at from uh, Zuckerberg to Elon Musk because he's using phone link. And I think once Starlink gets super live out there for everybody, he's going to block phone link on Starlink. (laughs) And then they're going to have, they are going to get that cage match. We all want to see. I don't know what that means. (laughs) <laughs> are we going you know off on tangent now? Are we going to talk about the cage match? I, we have to talk about that. Yeah, right, let's, about let's talk about the cage match. No, but wait, wait, wait. Finish your comment, though. Like, you're not, you're not kidding. You're, you're being serious. I'm being serious. 
Yeah, it's I, I'm I'm on board with you being serious. It's Danny's like I don't know what you're talking about. No, I mean like, I think phone like has nothing to do with Meta or Elon, but you're it's communicating via phone though now, or it's just using a system that your phone can access. Yes. Okay. I just assumed you're. But I'm texting very, people I'm very interested in, in your Microsoft means there is now a Facebook Tesla Twitter controversy. What is, what is this conspiracy theory? Well, that's that you're WhatsApp app and that's Twitter. Yeah. I mean, Zuckerberg has WhatsApp, right? No, Zuckerberg and, has WhatsApp. You know what? Yeah. Don't listen to me. Why? why <laughs> Windows has nothing to do with Zuckerberg. I don't know why I went with that. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, All right. On to the you case. Can admonish me. Admonish me. We have. We have four minutes. Tell us about the cage match. Well, I mean, that's what it, it's been kind of boiling up, I guess. Uh, so why why did the Zuck and Elon need to fight? Do we know? Something came up. Is where, it a why not? Or was there, you know, was, Elon, there a, was there an impetus? Elon saw something. I don't even, I don't know. I got to look it up again. Uh, but Elon, I think, fired the first shot. Because something was posted, and I think it had they were they were taking some shot. Let's look it up. Let's look. Let's, I think our listeners deserve to know what the first shot was. But show uh, and hold. Uh, let's show and hold. Yeah, show and hold. Let's get let's get the answer here. All right, all right. Oh, BBC. Here we go. Real news. Add this link to our show notes for those of you just joining the Bottle of Brown podcast. We like to put our links in the show notes for all the stuff that we discuss in the show. Uh, this one here, dated 15 hours ago, came mm. in here. Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg agree to hold cage fight. Two of the world's most high-profile technology billionaires, Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg, have agreed to fight each other in a cage match. Mr. Musk posted a message on his social media platform, Twitter, that he was up for a cage fight with the Zuck. The Zuck, boss of Facebook and Instagram parent company Meta, then posted a screenshot of Mr. Musk's tweet with the caption, Send me location. The story <laughs> speaks for itself, a Meta spokesperson told the BBC. Mr. Musk then replied to Mr. Zuckerberg's response with, Vegas, Octagon. The octagon is the competition mat and fenced-in area used for ultimate fighting championships. The UFC is based in Las Vegas, Nevada. Mr. Musk, who turns 52 later this month, also tweeted, I have this great move that I call the walrus, where I just lie on top of my opponent and do nothing. He later tweeted short videos of walruses, perhaps suggesting his challenge to Mr. Zuckerberg may not entirely be serious. He also tweeted, I almost never work out, except for picking up my kids and throwing them in the air. Meanwhile... 39-year-old Zuck has already been training in mixed martial arts and has recently won jujitsu tournaments. Twitter did not provide a statement when contacted by the BBC. The exchanges have gone viral with social media users debating who would win the bout, while others have posted memes including mocked-up posters advertising the fight. For example, business consultant Sayi Taylor tweeted, choose your fighter, with pictures of the two tech bosses. Well, if we don't get a real fight, I think this is the reason to bring back that celebrity deathmatch I was thinking that. Show. <laughs> yeah, I missed that. That was so good. It was brilliant. So good. Broadcaster and fight sports journalist Nick Pete told the BBC's World at One program that Dana White, the president of the UFC, would be licking his lips at the possibility of putting this fight on. He said he thought there was a decent chance it could actually go ahead because mostly because of Elon and his personality and his eccentric character, his career kind of suggests he's not somebody who's willing to step down. Mm -hmm. However, asked who he thought would come out on top, he replied, Zuckerberg, all day. He's 12 years younger. He's a lot smaller. I think he's 5'7". Elon's probably run six feet, and Elon's probably got a couple of stone and weight in him. But unfortunately, Mr. Musk has got no training whatsoever. Even though Zuck's only been Brazilian jiu-jitsu for 18 months, it wouldn't be difficult to take him to his back, wrap his arms around his neck, and give him a good old cuddle and choke him out yeah a lot of people say you know i gotta have the training but 
there is a pretty significant difference in in size. What is mm-hmm. he? He's Elon's like five or six inches taller. Five inches weight reach. Yeah, yeah. Reach. He's got fifty pounds on him. He's got more reach on him. It's uh, what's important. Mister Musk has a history of making statements that are not serious or which fail to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think the odds are of this actually happening? Uh, non-zero, but closer to nothing. Okay. Okay. I'll give it point one. Point one. Oh, a precise. Mm, there's a possibility. So well we got done. a chance. Well done. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> Look, in it a is. world where in a world it just seems like all we get is bad news. I think we need this. <laughs> if you if you're hearing us out there, we need this. We need to see two billionaires duking it out. Yes, absolutely. One hundred percent. Whether we they want to, to or not. That. Like it would be you would literally look at that as being they lose money by putting this on because then doing nothing makes more money. Because yeah, they make uh, that much money. You're it's that whole how how much money does Elon have to drop out of his pocket to make it worth him stopping to pick him it up? Stopping and picking it up. Yes. Yeah. yeah I remember something like this that. Whole when we were thing kids. Was it was like Bill clear. Gates loses money to stop to pick up a hundred dollar bill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I sure hope it happens. I will. I feel like, and we will hope for you. Are you, you Danny, you feel like the Zucks got this one. If they did uh, fight. hands down, hands down. Yeah. I also don't, I, you know, I don't trust Elon as far as I can throw him. He's, he's real good at talking a big game, but he doesn't do much about it. I think Zuck's too big of a, I don't know. I, I'm going to go with Elon on this one. I'm going to take the old man in the reach. Yeah. I saw a recent uh, picture of the Zuck and he is fit. Him and Bezos, man. I don't know what they're doing, but. He's got nothing else to do. He's conquered the known world. He's ruined a whole list of things from teen girls to democracy. What's left? MMA, as you do. Well, I, I, I think you're talking I, about Bezos. Oh, yeah, Bezos. Oh, what, did, what did Bezos do except make us all want two day shipping? <laughs> and I tried to buy something from an off road parts that we store for my new cancel. toy. And it was like, yeah, it'll be $12 and it'll be there in six to eight days. So like, if there was a table in the room, I would have flipped it. Garbage, two days. <laughs> and I ain't paying for it. That's what Bezos did. <laughs> and you can't yeah. cancel. He, he made us so lazy that we're sitting here talking about an article where picking up your phone out of your pocket. Is too much effort. We prefer to just not remove our eyes and our fingers from the keyboard and the computer. Twenty twenty three. Damn it! <laughs> Bezos saw the future. <laughs> he knew what was going on, and it was good. I think. I think that movie. Electrolytes. We've talked about how how. Uh, oh God! What's the name of that one movie? <laughs> I'm brain farting now. Uh, uh, starts with an I. Doesn't really matter. Wally nailed it though. How uh, everyone got super mm. fat and had to be moving around everywhere. That's what yes, we're turning into. for sure. All right, well, that wraps mm. up our top story. Let's get to the crank file. I could look for something in the crank file. Crank file. Whatever. Tonight's crank file comes to us from LiveScience.com. And I thought this one was very funny, very crank worthy. Researchers found that roundworms gobble down high calorie foods when exposed to a compound that acts on the same brain receptor as THC. That's right, folks. Worms get stoned too. <laughs> Follow the only the bottle of brown podcast bring you. <laughs> the article begins just like humans, roundworms may also crave their favorite snacks after getting high on weed. The researchers didn't test the worm's reaction to cannabis itself, but to a compound that activates the same receptors in the brain. 
the nematodes not only get the munchies, but they get them through the same process as mammals, said Sean Lockery, professor of biology, University of Oregon. The effects of cannabinoids on nematodes parallel the effects of marijuana on human appetites. One of the most well-known effects of smoking or consuming marijuana is an intense increase in appetite known as the munchies. Marijuana or the dried flowers, leaves, stems, and seeds of the plant cannabis sativa contains a class of chemicals called cannabinoids. These cannabinoids include the main compound behind weed's psychoactive effects, Delta 9 tetrahydrocannabinol, otherwise known as THC, and they bind to a cannabinoid receptor in the brain. In this way, these plant-made molecules mimic the action of molecules made by the human body called endocannabinoids. What are endocannabinoids? Endocannabinoids are known to regulate appetite and food intake. And in general, past studies have shown a strong link between CB receptor activation and hunger in humans and mammals. This activation induces cravings for food rich in sugars and fats. For example, rats high on THC eagerly gobble up chocolate cake batter and drink copious amounts of sugar water, experiments have shown. However, the effect of cannabinoids on invertebrates like nematodes are poorly understood until now. These people got a fucking grant. This is a fucking study Scientists, published in the journal Current Biology. Where scientists get stoned. are paying for this. This is important I, study. This is no, science. Yeah, it's it's this, this is stoner scientists sitting in a room going, oh, now what do we want to do? We tried worms. Let's try worms. Yeah, let's do worms. Let's give the worms weed, man. Eat it a donut. Eat it the donut, man. <laughs> I just and next we'll see know. how much cardboard they can eat. I you know, know worms do. I, I know what worms do. Do you know what worms do? Smoke weed every day. The researchers found that a specific worm cannabinoid receptor, NPR nineteen. Here we go. National Public Radio binds anandamide and seems to mediate this feeding frenzy. The team replaced the worm's gene for NPR19 with the human gene for the CB1 receptor, the receptor that both anandamide and THC bind in people. They found that this was still able to produce the munchies in the worm by binding to the human receptor. So even NPR and swell doings and sweaty balls won't keep you from wanting a snack when you're how does one know, you didn't really talk about, how does one know that the worm is not only eating more, but, you know, hungrier? Like, how are they tracking this? Uh, let's see. Shared experience of having the munchies not only connects nematodes and humans over evolutionary time, but also suggests that the endocannabinoid system likely serves similar functions in many animal species and that those functions are key to those species survival. Among these did not key functions my question. are those involved in controlling food intake and specifically hedonic feeding or cravings for tasty calorie dense foods. That's the best I can do for you. Yeah. Is these worms went after hedonic feeding or tasty calorie dense foods. Remember when it rats stop eating. Right. So when rats get high, chocolate cake batter and copious amounts of sugar water. So the worms had to have gone after something similar. They need a lot of dirt. Uh, scientists placed the bacteria at different locations in a maze into which they released the worms. Compared with their untreated peers, the anandamide-doped worms more often scrambled towards the arm that had the growth-promoting bacteria and spent more time chowing down on the grub. These observations oh, suggested that the endocannabinoid drove worms to not only prefer growth-promoting food, but also to eat it quickly there we go that's how we know you got it. hey hey you got any funions yeah it's <laughs> at the other side of the maze yeah well, that way okay i'm just gonna, just gonna take a nap here first 
I think this would make a really fun South Park character. Anyway, that wraps up the crank file. Bye, let's get to Hero of the Week. Tonight's Hero of the Week comes to us from ClickOrlando.com. It is, in fact, a hero from the great state of Florida. Yeah. Man accused of trying to break into Daytona Beach home while fleeing from a ghost. Andrew George, 38, faces charges of burglary. A Volusia County man and woman were arrested on Tuesday evening after trying to break into a home in Daytona Beach, according to the police department. Police said they were called to a shooting at 426 South Beach Street, though it was later revealed to him as dead been a burglary. Upon arrival, police found a man, 38-year-old Andrew George, lying on his back, covered in blood and crying out in pain. A woman, 36-year-old Natasha Kacharoy, was found with him. While speaking with the pair, police found that they had gotten a room at the nearby Travel Inn, but after hearing the bathroom window opening, they demanded a refund on the belief that someone had been trying to break into their room. Court records state that both George and Kacharoy then fled towards Beach Street while believing that a shadow was following them. Investigators said the pair began running around the parking lot of the Halifax Marina due to being chased by this unknown person, and George became separated when he ran away and fell into the water. After helping George out of the water, the two then raced to a business at 432 South Beach Street, where Kachuray began knocking on the door and George picked up a chair to smash a window. At this time, the residents of 426 South Beach Street were awakened after hearing cries for help outside. As a result, a woman in the home went out to investigate, seeing both George and Kachuray on the business's front porch according to court records. Investigators said Kachuray then saw the woman and said, please help me. However, when the woman asked what was going on, George immediately turned and ran at the woman, causing her to run back into her home and lock the door. George then began pounding on the door and the woman armed herself with a knife in her kitchen, threatening to kill George if he managed to break through. Kachuray then began trying to stop George from breaking into the home, according to detectives. Eventually, another woman, the homeowner, called 911. He also told investigators he decided not to enter the home because he could hear children's voices. He didn't want to scare the child, according to police. Investigators said George admitted to taking Molly. There it is. There it is. There I was like, which one? There it is. Which drug? <laughs> Molly is another name for ecstasy, which is what George blamed for his bad choices. Mm. They were both arrested following the incident. George faces two counts of burglary and is held in bond of $20,000. Cotteroy faces charges of principal to a burglary and a drug offense, also held on bond of five. Thousand. I thought it was going to be shrooms. Dollars. Me too. Yeah. They mm. definitely read like shrooms. They both fled because they believe the ghost was chasing after them and wanted to harm them. Uh, George continued saying he ran to the business but was unable to get in due to God telling him was a bad person to hang out with. <laughs> now, I will say it's possible that somebody was fucking with them in that travel in too, right? Because <laughs> people that are staying at the travel in are usually getting... Are you, are you aware of this travel in? A little fucked. Actually, I think I know where it is. Yeah. It's right down the street from where I lived. 426 Beach Street in Daytona. That's your hood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't it doesn't shock me. <laughs> honestly. By the hour or by the night. You gotta pay <laughs> exactly. a $17 deposit for the sheets. <laughs> oh yeah. That that doesn't it doesn't shock me. But uh also I think, you know, if you Owned a travel in and you wanted to troll people, I think I would I would have that secret door to go in there and that'd be the way to do it. Ooh. <laughs> knock knock. Uh, so maybe this guy really did get spooked. Who knows? Mm. Well, that wraps up here of the week. Let's get to some adulting. How old are you guys? We're not fucking kids anymore. On a scale of one to ten, how would you rate your pain? Everything hurts. I'm a grown ass man, dog. I pay taxes here, fucker. We're not like you. 
We're growing up, motherfucker! When 900 years old you reach, look as good you are not. Hmm? Tonight's adulting comes to us from popular science. And this is one that was interesting to me because this is a debate that I'm probably only having with myself. But I think it's something else other people need to be aware of. Do you guys know what sharenting is? Uh, no. Is it like Karen-ting? <laughs> <laughs> The opposite. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. I'd like to speak to the manager. That's very rude. <laughs> With a few infamous exceptions, it's safe to say most of the content we see about children on social media has a positive spin to it. Your friend's photo of their first sonogram, your cousin's lengthy ramble about their toddler's temper tantrums, a desire to mark a milestone, seek support, share happiness, build community. But shifting the focus from the people who make the posts to the kids portrayed in them reveals a problem. The emotional, psychological, and developmental consequences of having one's childhood and all its growing pains shared online are still unknown as the first generation of kids conceived in the era of social media is only now coming of age. But studies and specialists are already warning that oversharing information about the kids in our lives might be fraught both from an ethical and an online privacy point of view. So what is sharenting? It's a portmanteau of share and parenting. Sharenting is the common practice of creating, storing, and publishing content about kids online. And before you think being childless exempts you, you know the term is not limited to parents. If you posted a TikTok dance with your nephew, made photo albums on Facebook about your students, live tweeted your babysitting adventures, or just recounted a funny thing some kid did on the street, You've shared it. All of that seems innocuous, so you must be talking about influencers and mommy bloggers posting photos and videos 24-7. Nope. Sharenting goes beyond the people making a profit off the content they share. The possibility of exploitation and what some may consider digital child labor is only a fraction of the problem. Think of it this way, the article says. A lot of the times, the kids in social media posts haven't consented to having their picture or video taken and seen by people they know, let alone millions of the others around the world. And even if they say it's okay, they're children. We cannot expect them to fully grasp the consequences of having their likeness and sensitive information posted online. Even educated adults have a hard time figuring out what terms and conditions and privacy policies are and gauging the social and psychological effects of broadcasting their lives. Obvious negative consequences of sharing are the criminal and illegal activities it can lead to. Consider a post made by a new parent that includes a photo of their newborn, kid's full name, date of birth, name of the hospital. All that information will probably still be there when that infant becomes an adult readily available for anyone who wants to bypass the security questions for one of their online accounts. Problems won't wait for adulthood. A 2011 Carnegie Mellon Scilab study found that child identity theft was 51 times more common than adult identity theft. This is likely because the child's identity is a clean slate with no credit history. Harvard Law School faculty member Leah Plunkett says in her book, Sharent Hood. Shall I go on? Is this Please. Me? Is this Danny's paranoia? Yes. Mr. Jones, what do you think? Oh, I... I like this. This is interesting because it's it's uh, very real. Mm -hmm. And one of those things that you think something innocent can have repercussions, not now, maybe not tomorrow, but down the road at one point. So for the Bobs out there, there, I'm the asshole that blocks the camera on the webcam. I'm the guy that never shows my child's full face. So you won't see pictures taken from me where you see my children's faces. You'll see them from behind. You'll see them obscured. Uh, but I've, I've never done it. And I've I'm really, I'm paranoid about the kind of shit that gets out there specifically on social media, but just because once it's on the internet, it's gone. You can't get it back. So this one struck a nerve with me. Mm -hmm. I I agree. Then we get into beyond these clear risks, the effect of sharenting on the psychosocial development of children are unclear. Data is scarce as we wait for the first children raised on social media to become adults. 
says Stacy Steinberg, professor in the University of Florida Levin College of Law and author of Growing Up Shared. Research, for the most part, is anecdotal. It is desperately needed. And her book, Plunkett, theorizes that sharenting may thwart a child's essential ability to explore and that long-lasting posts may alter their personal narrative and sense of self, as many people they meet will go online and learn about them. The battle for online privacy is ongoing. Children's privacy is no exception. The United States laws and regulations like the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act and Protection of Pupil Rights Amendment aim to safeguard the data of minors on the internet, but privacy advocates still consider them insufficient. Some states are moving to pass their own laws in this regard. U.S. Senate itself has its eye on the parenting influencer industry. But as of today, the country has no comprehensive statute that protects children's privacy in all contexts. Still, Adults have the choice and power to help. Most parents don't overshare because they're trying to be malicious. Most just have not yet considered the importance of their child's digital footprint. On the contrary, adults generally sharent with good intentions. Studies show sharenting is a way for parents to find validation and social support, help each other in an increasingly isolating landscape for child rearing. So instead of stopping everything and eliminating even the benefits of sharenting, Plunkett suggests four ways to post about the kids in your life in a more responsible way. One, Share offline. For obvious reasons, keep super sensitive details to yourself. Three, make sure the kids are fully clothed. Yeah, good call. <laughs> and four, don't include the child's face. Yeah, that's good. So there are plenty of pictures of my children naked that my mother took, and she doesn't post them on social media. There's plenty of pictures of me naked somewhere in a shoebox. I think it's normal. Kids are running around with no clothes on at that age. That's kind of what they do. But don't take a picture of it and post it online. And then that fourth Couldn't one... Call back to what I was saying before. Don't include the kid's face. Cut the kid's face off, block out their eyes, look at it from the side, look at it from the back. Um, finally, ask your kid if it, ask yourself if a kid's face actually needs to be in the photo. You can always use an emoji or a scribble to cover their features, but if that goes against your aesthetic, consider posting only pictures showing the back of their head or a slight profile. This will help them stay anonymous in the real world. And get the kids involved. It's easy to think of the internet as a sea of data where everything will eventually get lost, but reality suggests otherwise. Those of us who remember living without the World Wide Web can confirm everything we posted during the early days haunts us, just as the content you share today might haunt the children in your life several years down the road. It's a good tip. Good tip, good reminder. Food or thought if it's on the internet lives forever what about like shared when you have like pri i don't know when you have certain i don't go on facebook anymore so it's probably not a great example but isn't there a way that you can send pictures to just a confined group like one of the advantages to facebook is when you're not near grandma and grandpa or whatever that you do get to share that kind of it doesn't say anything about encrypted apps like whatsapp mm. yeah that, so the answer the is WhatsApp app. You can share that any, way. But no, to finish the thought, definitely the WhatsApp app. That's when we use the most to share stuff. But yeah, mm. the other one, on both and I don't know if you guys do this, but it's the uh, it's the digital picture frame where everyone can just add things. Yeah, I love it, that. I, I love it. I think it's fantastic. And I mean, yeah, the what is it? <laughs> they do get you, right? It's not about the picture frame. It's about the annual subscription that you have to pay. So they store the pictures or so you can delete them or audit. It's just... Yes, that's the world we live in. It's about sub subscription, not hardware. So, mm -hmm. um, but definitely be aware of it's it fantastic. some social media posts like you, the, the World Wide Web does not have access to Instagram, but the World Wide Web does have access to Facebook and LinkedIn. So if you go on Google and you run a search, it's difficult to find Instagram and you certainly can't find WhatsApp. But if you put it on Facebook, it's gone. It's out there. Delete the Facebook. All right. Uh, one final note, just to hammer the point home. Kids are minors and by definition, they cannot 
grant informed consent. For all you bobs out there like take pictures of your kids, think twice before posting on socials. If you're looking for validation from your friends, send it direct on text. That wraps up adulting. Let's do some science. Technology space. Science isn't about why, it's about why not. Droid. Science! Technology. Yes, science! Technology! Space! We went back to the hill again for this one. Why does thunder have different sounds? Here's what you need to know. Let's talk about the basics. What is thunder? Electrical charges that build up in a storm release in the form of lightning. Extreme heat is generated by this electrical discharge with air surrounding the lightning channel, superheating to around 54,000 degrees Fahrenheit. All gases expand when the temperature increases. So when lightning superheats the air at just a fraction of a second, the air expands so rapidly that it compresses the air in front of it. Thunder is the acoustic sound wave generated by this quick expansion and contraction of air. And we have a diagram. Look out. <laughs> Do you guys know this? Uh, I actually did know this. You need to learn this stuff. I forgot I was it. a pilot. Yeah. Well, yeah, you as I a took pilot. It. No, you know, I took weather in college. So what affects the sound of thunder? Well, sound waves move faster in warm air compared to cold air and refract or bend towards areas of low pressure. Since our atmosphere typically cools with height, these sound waves tend to bend upwards, making it harder to hear thunder for a person farther away from the point of lightning. Moisture also plays a role as a more humid environment will bend or block more sound waves. So what are the sounds of thunder? Well, a crack, typically indicative of a nearby or relatively close thunderstorm, and or with a strike perpendicular to the person, lightning bolts stretching from the cloud to the ground. A rumble, typically associated with storms further away or with a strike parallel to the person. And a boom is indicative of a lightning strike reaching the ground. Combination of crack and rumble is heard when sound waves from multiple strikes reach a person at varying times. So typically you'll hear it and then it'll drone out after a while. Uh, A nice little diagram here too with the short waves and the far waves. Myth or not, lightning will never strike the same place twice. Myth. Empire State Building said to be struck by lightning 25 times a year. Myth or not. If I can't see the storm, I can't get struck by lightning. Myth. Lightning can strike up to 10 to 12 miles away from its parent storm, given the term bolt from the blue. I can survive a lightning strike. True. But impacts are likely. 90% of people struck by lightning survive, but often suffer long-term injuries. Have you seen that one meme video where it's an old reporter? (laughs) It's an older video where the reporter's talking about this woman that got struck by lightning. And he's like, (laughs) and she's, she's recovered, but then like, the when he turns to or he throws the video over to her, she's like, the camera got stuck. There's a problem with the audio, and he's like, he even starts laughing. He's like, obviously, that's that wasn't. We're having technical difficulties. <laughs> have you seen this? Or am I the only one that? No, we may have to find it. If you find it, let me know. I'll you put the find link in show notes. All right. Uh, as far as safety is concerned, with lighting a building with four walls and a roof qualifies as inside. Obviously not a baseball dugout, not under an overhang or under a tree, four walls and a roof. Uh, If you live in Texas, you are ranked as the number one state with the most number of lightning strikes, 27 million last year alone. Hello, Texas. And how does (laughs) lightning strike a person? There's five ways a lightning can strike a person. A direct strike, person becomes a part of the lightning discharge channel. Bad news. Side flash, lightning strikes a tall object and part of the current jumps to you. Ground current, lightning strikes an object and the energy travels outward in and along the ground surface. Also bad. Conduction, lightning strikes metal or wiring, providing a path for the energy to follow. 
And a streamer, downward moving lightning channel, connects with what is called a streamer, a positively charged channel of air right above a tall object on the ground. When a streamer makes a connection with the main channel, all nearby streamers discharge. And that wraps up science technology space. Let's wrap with some happy times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bring it on now. Lasso officially ended. Bad tear. Just this month. And so we here at the Bottle of Brown podcast are going to carry the torch for what it means to be kind, good-hearted, and end on a positive note. This one comes to us from mymodernmet.com. Struggling London marathon runner gets help from fellow athletes to finish the race. This one's dated May 11th, 2023. Training for a marathon is one of the most physically demanding activities you can willingly put yourself through. And when race day finally comes, after months of training and hours spent pounding the pavement, you want to finish the race strong. Sometimes that just doesn't happen. A runner at the 2023 London Marathon experienced this as he worked his way towards the end of the race. In a short video shared on Reddit, The man in a black cap begins to double over and is on the verge of collapsing as other participants whiz by. But before he falls to the ground, another runner comes from behind and grabs his arm. He's able to hold the runner steady enough to keep going. Shortly after another person appears on the man's other side, together, the three runners make their way to the finish line. I'm not crying. You're crying. There we go. Grabs him. Grabs him. Keeps him going. Keeps him going. Another one comes. All three of them. And they finish together. Great story. It's unclear if the men knew each other prior to the race, but when it comes to marathons, finishing with a fast time is only one component. The camaraderie, knowing thousands of other people are doing the same thing as you, is part of what makes the experience so special. And helping someone in need, even better. Though the three guys didn't finish first, they won the day. I don't think they're going to finish first anyway. Mm-mm-mm. No, my concern is what happens after that guy finally gets past the finish line. Whatever he was going to do in the middle of the race, he's going to do at the end. He should have a banana. Full shock. Mm-hmm. Joints lined up. A banana rice, applesauce, and toast. <laughs> Zinger. <laughs> why, why do I keep having diarrhea? I'm doing the brat diet. <laughs> it's healthy for me. But I'm over. Bananas. <laughs> Those monkeys don't crap. <laughs> they eat bananas. Banana. The monkeys don't crap. I love that. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bobs, if you haven't seen that video, please go find oh, it. Oh, that's so good. There you go. That's right. There you go. That's right. Today's show was brought to you by the letter B. That's right. This was the bananas episode. <laughs> and bananas. 4011. Anyway, that's our show. You can email us at bottle of brown at gmail.com. Give us a call 602-529-4562. Leave a message for Danny, Leon, the Midge, or Mr. Jones, any of our special guests. We want to hear from you. Give us ideas for content or refute anything we say on the show. If you like the show, please like, follow, subscribe, share with a friend. The more people that see our show, no, the more times you share and like the show, the more people have a chance to see our show. And that's what we want. So we're on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Share a quiet drink with us next episode. Same brown time, same brown channel. Bottle of brown.com.
place is dead anyway, man. <laughs>